Welcome to Let's Keep Talking, a podcast by the Ontario Pharmaceutical Marketing Association. Conversation capsules with the people of pharma, those who have made a mark on our industry, who can help us become better in our roles, all for the benefit of the Canadian patient. Hello and welcome to the OPMA's podcast, Let's Keep Talking. I'm Kevin Wilson. So we're living in a virtual world. <clears throat> what now? Uh, today we address the third and final installment uh, in our series, and we're going to focus on what do our customers expect from us and what do we need to deliver. And again, it's my pleasure to have uh, Natalie Yeadon, a, a staple now on OPMA podcast with us, and she's been with us for the uh, for the last couple of episodes. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you so much, Kevin. Happy New Year and to everybody else. Hope everybody had a wonderful winter break. Yeah, thank you. And and she has been absolutely foundational in, in providing us insights in exploring this subject. And I'm really looking forward to today's discussion on the customer in the virtual world and how we serve them. Just as a reminder of episode one and two, in the first episode, uh, we were taking uh, advantage of the new norm and finding balance uh, in our personal lives, um, working from home. Uh, unfortunately, we're right back there. It's it's funny, it was just December we recorded the last time and, and now we're back at home again uh, in the middle of Omicron. And some of the big takeaways for me, Natalie, around creating balance uh, and opportunity and working inside of my efficiencies when I do work the best, working from home, and really the other piece was just for us all to challenge the norms around working from home, in particular around managing outcomes versus process. Big takeaway from episode number one. Episode two, what are the ground rules at work and implications on culture? This is, this is where it really got big into the idea of translate and transform and the understanding that we moved from uh, in real life world to a virtual world, we just translated that straight across. And now we're starting to transform, take advantage of the tools, uh, synchronous and asynchronous tools to more efficiently spend time together, whether that's virtual over a computer or face-to-face. -face. And uh, Natalie had some great, great insights for us there. So uh, a great foundation. Uh, Natalie, did I miss anything? No, I think that's a great summary, Kevin. Yeah, so perfect. And I guess just before we get into the customer, uh, the last time uh, we covered a lot of ground, uh, but I wanted to ask a question just, be, just before we move on. And you, know, you introduced us to ideas and insights, and there's so many great, exciting tools and technology out there. You know, I, I want you to think about a technology in search of an application. And, and what advice would you give us around avoiding adopting these tools and them turning into virtual graveyards. How do we avoid that and really keep these alive and take advantage of them? Yeah, it is such an important question, Kevin, because the thing is we live in a SaaS world. And when I say SaaS, I'm saying software as a, as a service. Uh, you know, there's lots of different renditions of that these days. Um, but really at the end of the day, what happens in pharma or medical device, life science companies is everybody, as you know, has their full-time gig, your full-time job. You're in medical market access, marketing, sales, whatever the role is, leadership role, you're, you're an associate or director, whatever. There's a whole slew of responsibilities that you have. Let's be honest. 
a lot of times we find ourselves in these meetings all day long and then you end up having to catch up on your actual personal work at the end of the day. But anyways, there's typically your your sole responsibilities, things that you have as, as recorded metrics and outcomes. Now, adding on top of that is this layer of technology. And so we oftentimes expect individuals who already have their whole roster of things that they have to create and, and input into the organization or to their colleagues or direct reports, layering on top of that now having to figure out technology, new platforms, engaging um, through different types of omni-channel, uh, uh, different channels. So what we feel is an important thing to understand here is that there are different ways to do this. So we oftentimes think about just licensing software. But the problem is, is that with your full roster of, of, of responsibilities already, sometimes these technologies can get very complex. And unless they're navigated and cultivated and, and really worked with, i.e. you're gonna need to send reminders to people, you need to be going in there, adding content, monitoring, managing, looking for things like adverse event reporting, um, and getting people to really engage. Um, you said it very, very nicely. You called it a, a graveyard. We oftentimes call them digital ghost towns. If these sorts of things you don't put in a minimum amount of time and rigor and understanding, they're gonna kind of fall by the wayside. And so I do wanna say that in this day and age where things are getting, you know, although technologies are sort of s simple, they never really are. And so if you really wanna make sure that there's a certain cadence and there's a certain um, uh, you know, understanding that's happening and a true engagement level where people are commenting and reporting and things are actually happening, sometimes it's really useful to not only just get the licensed software, but perhaps using these digital tools that, but in a managed way. So utilizing vendors or services or suppliers that will provide the service to you so that you can actually participate in the conversation without necessarily having to propagate it. So I do think that we're in this interesting complex situation where being able to pick and choose what you're most, what you're, what you're a 10 at, what you're best at. If you're somebody who's really amazing at managing people, that's what you should be spending your time on and letting other sorts of services manage the technology part of it. So um, I do think that this is a very interesting time as we start to think about the fact that people are working from home. Um, you're starting to see, the, again, this great dispersion. Uh, a lot of companies are taking this on as being the standard that what they're doing now is that people are sort of saying, we're virtual companies now. You're starting to hear more and more about these big tech companies in Silicon and other areas saying, we're virtual first and you don't have to come in the office. We're gonna start to see more and more of that happening. And in those situations, how are we going to be managing the technology piece? So that's something I just would like to offer as something as consideration is taking some of that off your plate and using other people to help you with um, with the digital pieces. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing, you know, all of these platforms and technologies, you you really need to, to paint a picture of the value and the efficiency they can bring. And ultimately, you need a reason to go in and a reason to go back. Um, and and it's, it all comes down to change management. Again, just a different way of doing things and a different way of thinking. Absolutely, 100%. And that, of course, translates to your customers as well. Let, let's be really frank. A, a, you know, a standard um, way that we do work in sales and marketing is that, you know, you have your marketing teams, you have large 
sales forces, medical science liaisons. These people are out there in, in the field making those connections, those real-time relationships with prescribers, you know, allied healthcare providers, et cetera. That world has turned upside down. And so the kinds of relationships that we're so used to doing in IRL or in real life have now transmuted and changed into virtual. Um, I will say that there is a lot of data support that in some ways, the quantity and the quality of those connections between sales reps or other field-based people with the medical practitioners or the, uh, the prescribers has actually in fact increased since we've gone virtual. And some of the reasons for this is, you know, as silly as this may sound, some of the small talk or the, um, the, the time wasters of, of, if you will, of the driving, setting up, getting your materials out there and all that, all that stuff takes time. And then it ends up taking time of the, the, real, uh, the real opportunity when you're speaking to somebody. So now that we don't have all that formality of, you know, opening your briefcase, you're driving over there, doing some of the small talk, we can get right into the jugular. We can get right into the conversation, get right into the clinical paper, the newest data that came out of the conference. We're having some discussions about, you know, what they're doing within, you know, a clinical trial, et cetera. So um, you can get right to the point and not only that, but being able to solicit the information that you need real time. Sales reps, MSLs and other people are being supported by medical safety and other sorts of digital assets and opportunities where things can be just drawn up right away. Medical safety or information can be called right away on your iPad or on your iPhone. So these kinds of tools that took, you know, maybe a phone call or a day or so for somebody to get access can be done instantaneously and immediately. And so we're getting, we're really starting to improve, if you will, the kinds of information that we're conveying. And then also customers are expecting that they can actually get real-time answers and fundamentally not necessarily just resort to, you know, Dr. Google, but they can actually leverage pharma companies for real-time. And, you know, a great example is, you know, with COVID-19 and the vaccines, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of people, you know, accessing and attending and participating in all kinds of uh, webinars, seminars, all kinds of information virtually. And so we've seen a really, really nice balance that's been happening with healthcare providers and, you know, the, the typical way that we've had, we've been utilizing field representatives. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of the conversation we had last time we spoke uh, related to the, the synchronous and asynchronous platforms and the ability of those platforms to improve the efficiency when we are together. Um, and again, you commented on it, the transit time, the uh, setting up, et cetera. So, so we had some great insights there. And, and if I can, I'll, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about the customer. So I appreciate the segue. And, and very broad question for you around what are the customers in your mind expecting of us now that we've moved into this transformation phase of working virtually? Well, you know, we're all expecting this, not just our, our the practitioners and prescribers, but really being able to access on-demand information when you want it, how you want it, and and at any time on any device. And so there's an instantaneousness to it that everybody's expecting. Sort of there's a lack of, you know, interest in delayed gratification. People want to know and they want to be able to get it now. And the fact of the matter is pharma's able, in a lot of ways, are going to be able to do that and are are doing this right now. They're getting really nimble with social listening, um, social media, where they're actually having content that's ready to go. So they're getting really, really good at being able to respond quickly. Um, and so we we hear a lot about these things about omni-channel and multi-channel. 
being able to leverage the right tool at the right time with the right customer based on their preferences, needs, personalities. And so we're also utilizing artificial intelligence to be able to monitor hundreds of different kinds of parameters to be able to feed up the right thing. And this information is being conveyed in a loop with all individuals and stakeholders who are having interfaces with these particular stakeholders. Um, another great case in point are things like, you know, simple things that we used to do before where we do advisory boards. You know, advisory boards, let's be really frank, were in real life, they were expensive. We oftentimes catered around conferences, oftentimes international. So there was flights, hotels, cost of food, uh, AV equipment, um, and there was all this time and of course, large honoraria payments for people that you were keeping in a, in a, in, in a meeting for seven to eight hours. And so now we've actually come to a place where we don't need necessarily just have to throw enough stuff to the wall and have these really heavy agendas. These agendas can be unpacked and we can actually have these conversations and, and use advisors over the course of time. So perhaps six to 12 months, they can become a consultant over time. Because let's be really frank, problems don't arise overnight and they're certainly not solved overnight. So you can't solve all of these things in a single meeting. So you can actually have these one hour increments. You can do synchronous virtual when you're trying to reach consensus, build things. You can actually have utilize the Delphi technique um, using you know, various other ways of, of, of having conversations and pinpointing ideas and making decisions. And those can be complemented with a series of asynchronous touch points using annotation tools, whiteboards, um, survey tools, discussion forums. And then these people who are participating across the globe any geographic location, any time zone, any language can work with their colleagues and friends and internal and external colleagues to be able to parse out, solve problems, help the brands decide on key strategies and tactics. And they can do this instantly so that if you're, for example, making a really imminent decision about when to launch, uh, what to do, should you do this product before that? Should you be worrying about reimbursement? What should be happening in pricing in Italy versus in Canada or you know what have you? Those decisions can be made real time and leadership can have their ideas and plans, um, you know, con uh, decided on or, or confirmed or, you know, or, or not by these groups of advisors at any time that they need. So it's really made it very simple. Another case in point that I just want to say are things like decentralized clinical trials. A lot of pharma companies have had their clinical trials that they've had like moratoriums on them when COVID-19 happened. It literally was abruptly stopped. People have had to rethink them. They had to go back and get consensus on changed protocols. A lot of these things can actually be done with investigators, CROs, sponsors, all online virtually. So you can have these virtual hubs specifically on clinical trials and then having outcomes and you know updates and amendments and changes. You know, people are even utilizing these from like electronic e-consents and um, you know, all sorts of things that are actually happening virtually. So you know, adding on top of that of telehealth, at the end of the day, customers are sort of creating this digital moat around themselves where things are accessed immediately, they can participate when they want, um, and they're a lot more in control of their agendas and what they're doing and who they're speaking to. And in fact, the best part about this is it's increased who they're speaking with, believe it or not. People were really concerned about the kind of networking because you're not seeing people in, in real time, you're not going to these conferences, but when we really evaluate this, the numbers of people when they are participating is and, you know, the diversity and the inclusion of multiple different people, 
therapeutic areas, specialties, geographical areas. So the caliber and the idea generation of all of this inclusion and diverse opinions has just been astronomical. Yeah, and uh, I can attest to some of the, the conversations we've had and principles that you've offered me in transforming from one three-hour ad board to three one-hour ad boards and the, the mental contribution and increase in dealing with uh, thought leaders an hour at a time, then throwing out a little bit of a, a, a short survey or questionnaire based on some questions that came up and, and dealing with them in spurts and not necessarily having to be live with them certainly has been beneficial to me. So uh, again, that's some advice you've given and you've impacted at least me, Natalie. So that's, uh, that's something, right? <laughs> right on. So uh, uh, we're short of time and there's always so much to talk about. You know, I wanted just quickly to talk about congresses and conferences and the idea of some of those things. I haven't seen those uh, organizations haven't really uh, shifted or we'll call it transformed and um, some of the value that I think they're offering right now is uh, needs to be addressed. So companies like the one I work for are uh, questioning the value of virtual congresses. So could you comment at all about where you see that particular area going in the future? Well, we're seeing a lot of, I think really the future is really hybrid, Kevin. I mean, I think what we're really doing is trying to give people the choice. Okay. Some individuals are huge and do and get all kinds of value from attending these conferences virtually. They know how to navigate the technology. They can actually pick their agenda. They're attending. They're going in and out of rooms. Uh, they're not getting kicked out because there isn't enough chairs at a particular meeting. Um, so there's always a chair virtually. Uh, and they're also really able to navigate some of the networking. They're going to the case booths. Um, and, and really leveraging and, and utilizing this. And even some of these new tools, like for example, at Impetus, we have the Insight Events platform where it feels really immersive. There's 3D designs. You feel like you're actually at a conference. You can network. So there are some people who are really good at that and they're really being effective. And they're increasing, like I said, without having to spend the time, money, right from their own living room, their own office, and being, you know, and then being able to spend their, with their time with their family after they close up their computer. Other people still want to be there, you know, and, and, the, and the fact of the matter is that we've always known that that's tried and tested and very effective. I think what I really love seeing here is the fact that we can pull that all together. And so the future is hybrid, um, being able to have in-person as well as virtual. But I also want to suggest that hybrid can be also all virtual, meaning it can be real time. So, you know, there can be people at this and it also can be asynchronous. That's another way that Impetus actually our version of hybrid is asynchronous, meaning not real time. It's um, over the course of time at any time. Um, and it can and that, you know, those are different tools that we use. You can go in a portal and log in and, and interact um, not in real time. And then some of that interaction can be real time. So when you combine the two, uh, that's what we also call hybrid. Thanks. And, and just as we wrap up here, if you're looking into the future, what is the thing that most excites you about what's to come? Yeah, so I'm. Uh, there's a lot of great things that are going on. I know we talked a lot about, you know, what's happening in these events and these virtual events. You know, we do this at Insight Events as well. Gamification is that we have lots of really neat networking, point systems, leaderboards. There's all sorts of things that are going on in these sorts of, um, you know, socials that are going on and magic shows and rock shows. There's all these things that are happening. 
But I think that there's also going to be newer technologies, the use of holograms. Uh, we also think about virtual reality where people are going to be actually in meetings together and feeling like they're physically there. But I think one of the things that I'm most excited about is probably the use of blockchain. Um, I've talked about this in my podcast around non-fungible tokens, fraction, uh, fractionated um, basically ownership. And the reason this is so important is everything from clinical trials where patients are going to own their data, they're going to have all their data transmitted into, into research, basically, if you will, and through smart contracts and Oracle chain links, patients are going to get paid for their data. We're actually probably going to be bypassing a lot of people like CROs and other things. But I think what's also really interesting about blockchain um, is also just the way, you know, pharma is going to be work, the way people are going to be get paid, the way work is going to happen and the way our interactions with customers are really, really going to change when basically there's smart contracts between people and then money is going to be disseminated. So I think we're going to see a very different world, not only in communication and sharing and channels and clinical trials, but also the way people and where people get paid and where they work. Exciting times and all coming from pushing us into it related to COVID-19, which is something good that's come from this. And uh, at least there's that. Natalie, thank you so much for taking the time to explore these subjects with us. Today, you even gave us a little sass, if you'll remember. And, and for anybody who wasn't listening, that was software as a solution. That wasn't sass. You're just a pleasure to talk to. I uh, really appreciate uh, some great insights and provocations and uh, creating some positive task tension in me and and hopefully the listeners. So thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. Absolute pleasure. To our listeners, uh, thanks for spending time with us. As always, if you've liked what you've heard, let us know. If you have a complimentary point of view, let us know. And if you don't like what we talked about or, or what we uh, said, let us know. So because that's what this is all about. Uh, on Let's Keep Talking. So be safe, be well, and until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening today. The OPMA is committed to adding value to those working in the pharma industry. We look to elevate the reputation of the Canadian pharmaceutical industry as we work together to positively impact the overall well-being of the Canadian patient. If you have questions or comments on today's topic or would like to know more about upcoming podcasts or events, please visit www.theopmaonline.org. And let's keep talking.